What's up, guys? We are back and we are ready to let go of some uh, loose, dirty ends. Maybe not dirty. Not dirty. I don't know why I said dirty. <laughs> <sighs> we were just talking about um, relationships and transitions that relationships go through and how things can be um, difficult, um, particularly not to take things too personally in relationships. And I was telling Julie that in my 20s, I remember there was a period of time where everybody had boyfriends except for me. So I was struggling to find people to hang out with. And then it transitioned back to everybody being single and us having a blast. And then as we got older, people were getting married. And then there was babies and like everything changed so many times. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. so many transition points, but it wasn't necessarily like anybody did anything terrible or there was a falling out. It was just natural transitions that life brings. And as much as humans don't like change, it is one of the only constants. <laughs> really? It really is. And it's, it's even if you're like, I'm not changing i'm gonna stay exactly here the world changed around around you so it's it's gonna move things are gonna move you know regardless and there was this one sad um kind of morbid but uh, aha moment that i had when i have to i had to do this emergency delivery one time right um like in the in the food industry so i was delivering food to a, a customer and it was like maybe, I don't know, like seven in the morning. I, I, I dropped off right early in the morning. Then I turned around, I was going back and then realized that the bakers um, forgot to package like, you know, a hundred other rolls. And I'm like, oh my God, oops. So I made a U-turn, right? But it was really far away from each other. I'm like 45 minutes. So I'm driving 45 minutes. I turn around, I pick up the bread and I go back. By and, and on my way there, so my first trip on my way there, I was on the freeway. And I see like a, a quick, like, like, you know, a, a, a just a quick skid of the freeway, a couple of honks and then like a dud. And I go, what happened? And I see this guy on a motorcycle and he's rolling across two lanes in the freeway. Oh. And I'm like, I'm, I'm only like maybe 20 feet away. Right. I'm, I'm going 65 miles on the, on the very furthest lane. So I keep going and I see, and I keep going. And I go, Oh my God. Oh my God. Again, I, I called 911 right away. And I tell them like, Oh my God, this is what happened. Blah, blah. And they're like, okay, okay. So then I leave and then I'm packing bread. I totally forget this incident. I just go, Oh, I can't believe it. I hope that guy's okay. Whatever. I I'm packing bread, whatever. I turn around and come back on my way back. There was a huge pile up on the other side of the freeway. And I go, Oh, what is that? And then there's a coroner right oh wow oh oh the guy didn't make it then it just really hit me and I was just looking and I was just staring around and the freeway was still going and everyone was just still living their life mm. so yeah, that just reminded me of what you're saying like life keeps going it just keeps going whether you're going to be on the first lane the second lane or you're not moving or whatever it people just keep going or life just keeps going by you so they it's going to change no matter what. That's the, that's the one constant in life. It's interesting. Uh, as you were saying that I was thinking about just how technology has changed relationships. Like I remember, of course, before we had answering machines 
And then when we had answering machines, it was so cool because you could actually leave a message for the person so they know why you called. <laughs> and then uh, caller ID was next. So you could choose if you wanted to talk to the person or not. And now the expectation, I mean, there's like, you know what my clients tell me these days? This shit is hilarious. Um, and it's been a minute since I've been single. So for me, I did not realize this was common practice. When people break up now, they'll block each other on everything. Uh -huh. And how people get in contact with each other after a breakup is the money apps. What? Yes. Oh, like, like Venmo? Like There's Venmo, Cash wow. App. They'll like send each other a dollar with a message. Oh, I'm not even kidding. This is what people are doing now. So there's so many platforms to reach people on. You know what I mean? It used to be like, if you block me on Facebook, I could email you. Mm. <laughs> and we're getting so desperate. We're trying money apps. That is so funny. And that's so interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Uh that is so funny because before you could literally have a life with somebody, break up with a person, move three miles away, and probably never see that person again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now you could move three thirty thousand miles away and still be like, hey, for a dollar, you want to say hi to me? <laughs> you missed me? <laughs> Hey girl, hey. Um, that is so funny. It does make it does make the relationship kind of transactional, doesn't it? Well, I was thinking more along the lines of like people are just so accessible and the expectations in relationships have changed significantly because of how accessible people are. And now I always joke around with my clients about that Drake song where he says, soon as you get the text, reply me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sure. dude, needy? Are you needy? <laughs> like, my goodness. Um, but that's the expectation that a lot of people have. They're like, I know you see your phone. I know you go to the bathroom. Why didn't you respond to me? You know what I'm saying? Like, I hear that a lot from people. So I think people's expectations and relationships also have increased a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no time to miss somebody anymore. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, though, that despite the fact that we have so much accessibility, there's still a lot of barriers that get in the way of of relationships being what people assume they should be. Um, for example, you know, some of my clients aren't allowed to take their phone into work. Or some of them aren't allowed to have their phone at work. So people might text and it might be hours before they respond. Some people just aren't even good at responding. They'll forget and then they feel awkward because it took them so long. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think and then it gets really hard not to take things personally I, I remember not too long ago, I had this friend I was trying to make plans with and she had canceled on me three times. And the third time I was like, damn, is she mad at me? Like, did I do something? 
Mm. Are we not friends anymore because she canceled on me three times? And then I caught myself and I was like, what did you do to her? And I thought, "Uh, nothing. So how likely is it that she's mad at you? And I was like, unlikely. So I let it go. Months later, well, I don't know if it was months later. It might have been weeks later. She texted me and said, I'm so sorry. I've been a bad friend. Someone in her family had gotten cancer and she happens to be highly intelligent. So they were kind of relying on her to walk them through the medical processes or processes. I don't know how you say that. And uh, she was caught up. And I thought to myself, damn, it's not all about you, Alicia. Wow. I love that story. That's a good one. That's I'm sure every single person has gone through that, you know? Um, and it, it, it does remind me because I'm going through a lot of transitions right now because I'm trying to like, in, in the last, I, I kind of broke down my, my life recently. So I'm turning 40 this year. <laughs> so it gives me time to self-reflect and look back and go, oh man, like at 40, how proud am I? of myself very proud that's the answer just letting you know short answer but uh you know and I broke it down in, in my first decade of my life was really playing around no rules you know just you you just you're just figuring out how to live like how to be alive like eating eating too much liking stuff not liking stuff, you know just figuring things out and then my second decade of my life, my 10 to 20, was very awkward adolescence, trying to try chase the sense of belonging, um, just super awkward, even though I felt like if people liked me or didn't like me, I was just so nervous for life. Oh. And then my 20s, I was really insecure, really, really insecure, trying to get accepted in all means necessary, you know, if it means trying to be as perfect as possible, trying to beat everybody in my past, be, you know, in my path. And, or, yeah, so I was super competitive. I wanted to be perfect because I felt like I was so broken inside. Um, and then there was a big aha moment when I was 30. And then my 30s of self-discovery and, and really going through my traumas and, you know, like ugh, every every therapeutic, everything I did. And now starting my 40s, I just feel like this is it. This is insane. It's going to be awesome I'm super excited I can't wait to be 50 imagine could you imagine um and in that transition I've been just meeting a lot of people and growing and um just doing a lot of different things and moving from crazy single Julie to you know um settled partnered um Julie that goes 100 miles an hour you know on everything like business or or yeah I'm constantly doing something um, and growing in some way or traveling or whatever is something right um and it's hard when it's hard when a lot of people knew you knew me as their own version of me and then my uh, my acceleration just like uh, technology right it's like oh my god how why did you know all of a sudden this app kind of change the world or something it's like kayak for example right my parents still have a travel agent and <laughs> Cat changed the way we the way we travel, the way we book travel very instantaneously. Um, so I feel like our growth can change just like that too. Yeah. And and I think it's hard to make sure that all your loved ones feel accounted for 
um, feel appreciated while you're still moving at light speed. And yeah. I think this is really hard. There was, um, I have a gay couple friend that lives in uh, a nearby city here. And I basically didn't see them from the time my oldest was born until my youngest was five. What? And, yeah. And they don't what? live far away. They're like 30 minutes away or something. And so I don't even know what came over me one day, but I just reached out to them and was like, hey, I want to hang out. And they were like, cool, come over. So me and the kids went over and we had like a pool day and ate tacos and it was fantastic. And I was telling another one of my friends about it and she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you reached out to them. I just assumed that we weren't friends anymore. And I was like, really? I didn't assume that at all. Like, I just figured I had kids and I was caught up for five years or probably longer um, dealing with little children. And I finally felt like I could socialize again. And so I reached out and I feel like those kinds of things happen in life all the time, like not necessarily children, but like let's say it's a relationship and let's say it's like a codependent relationship. You might get caught up in that relationship and kind of isolate from people. And then when that relationship ends, oh, now I'm available again. But there's always these different transitions like, oh, work, it's busy season at work. So I'm slammed right now. You know what I mean? And everybody's busy seasons and transitions in life happen at different times. So mm -hmm. you can't, possibly plan it out for all of us to be doing the same thing at the same time but this is where um just realizing that this stuff happens i think sometimes it's just hard for people to imagine like well what could be the reason like did i do something are we on the outs but if you know that you didn't do anything then that's your answer <laughs> Or why don't you reach out and ask? Yeah, that's always an option as well. Because you that's what you did. You basically, you you said to yourself, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I just assumed there's a break because I had kids. So I'm going to reach out to them with the intent of curiosity, not no blame, no hate, no guilt. It literally was like, hey, what are you guys doing on Saturday? Oh, nothing. Want to come over to do a pool party? Yeah. <laughs> and literally that's it so that was your check-in you yeah. know or you could have started it going I know I haven't seen you guys forever I'm so sorry I kind of I was focusing on raising my kids um hope you guys are well let's hang out soon or you're or like is ever you know are we still cool I it could even be thinking of something like that and do you think it's just maybe a fear of rejection like because asking is very vulnerable be like are we still cool makes you vulnerable because the answer could be no I fucking hate you, you know? I At think least every they ghosted me. Everybody's um, thought processes around these things are different. Like my friend saying to me like, oh my God, I would have just assumed we weren't friends. But that literally never crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and when I think about people, this is something that I, I do, but I've always done this. When I think about somebody a lot of times I reach out to them. Like it Aww. might take me a little while. Like I might have to think about them a couple different times before I'll reach out because I forget. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I wanted to do that. 
But I try to do that because I figure people are on my mind for a reason. And mm. I don't always know what it is, but I figure like, whatever, I'm going to reach out anyways. If I have a dream about somebody, I'll text them and tell them I had a dream about okay. them. You've done that to me before. Julie. Yes. <laughs> I dream all the time. So I am always texting people about dreams <laughs> that I have. I uh, love that. But, you know, I that's something that I do that I think helps maintain some level of connection. It might not be like, we're talking for 45 minutes and disclosing our life's deepest, darkest secrets. I mean, the older I get, it takes so long to tell a story of what's been happening in your life. Anyways, you need hours to catch up with people. Or bullet points. Can we just text a bullet point? (laughs) (laughs) Can you make a quick presentation? Quick summary. But I agree with that. I think, going to just realizing do I am I taking this too personally and going to I think living by that book what's the book called the four agreements oh yeah that's a good one don't take it personally try your best um be intentional with what you say say what you mean mean what you say uh what else do they say and when last one was one <laughs> This is such a good book. I I don't remember any of it. No, um, great book. But it, in the book, he really emphasizes that literally nothing's personal. Like, okay, this is an example that I give to my clients. If Julie's very thin, for the people who don't know. Oh, don't so, make it. So if I said to Julie, uh, you're such a fat ass, she would probably <laughs> laugh because that's definitely not true. Right. But if I said that to somebody else who had insecurities about their body, that's going to hit different. Right. But did I say anything different in that scenario? No, I use the exact same words, but they hit different based on how the person feels about themselves. Mm. So is it personal what I said? One might say that it is, but clearly one person didn't take it personally and another person did. So in that case, it, nothing's really ever personal. It's all about how you receive the message. And the reason that people receive things the way they do is because of their own stuff, their own experiences, their own insecurities, their own ways of thinking about things. So in that case, nothing that's happening is personal. I could say you're the biggest bitch that's ever walked the planet. And if you don't believe that about yourself, that's not going to bother you. But if I did, it would be a trigger. And that's, oh, there's so many uh, layers right now. Um, so there's this uh, Wu Wei Wisdom talked about this. He mm-hmm. said that pictured, it's, um, he pictures, he said he hates the word trigger because it feels like he's taking your gun. Imagine your own gun. You're giving it to somebody to pull the trigger towards yourself. You know, by taking by taking things personally, you're giving away your own power. You're giving other people the trigger. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know a lot of times they don't know what the trigger is. If Alicia said something to me that actually took me per, that I took personally, it you probably don't know that. You probably were just joking about something. And then I go, oh my God, Captain she would say that because I was, you know, I I was I had this trauma in my life. How how dare she do that? She's so insensitive. But maybe she 
doesn't realize that that was a trigger, you know, but because you're taking it personally, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. um, going back, the book is called The Four Agreements, A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom by by Don um, Miguel Ru Ruiz. And it's very important. We have to talk about this because it's amazing. Um, the four agreements is be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Oh, the assumptions are so hard. I see that in couples a lot where they'll say something and because they know each other, they'll assume that they know what the other person's meaning. But a lot of times they're wrong. Yeah. And like you said, you can just ask if you think that somebody's upset with you or they you think they mean something. You ask them, what did you mean by that? My clients will say to me, you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, I don't know what you mean. Tell me more about that. What do you mean? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or right. I'll ask them, what did you mean when you said blah, blah, blah? I think I asked that today. Oh, it, no, it was yesterday. I asked this client. Um, he said something like, um, I, I have zero tolerance now. And I said, zero tolerance for what? <laughs> like, no more drinking. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> no more joking. We can't. We can't do this anymore. No more therapy. Zero tolerance for what? Bananas? No more fruit in your life? <laughs> so, you know, clarifying questions are super helpful when it comes to assumptions, but I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What was the last one? What was, oh, always do your best. Oh, always do your best. I think that most people already do their best. What do you think about that? I think they, I think they do their best depending on their, um, on their self-belief. Because if someone says, oh, I suck at doing that anyway, then they show up as a person that sucks at doing that anyway. Mm. So I, I actually, I don't, I, I, I think they, tr people try, right? But I think their um, self-talk limits a lot of the, the actions. I think all of us are more capable than we think we are. But I, I do think that... Um, there are certain maybe people don't know how to do better. I think maybe that's a good way to say things. I I feel like they don't believe they can do better, so they don't try. There's there's probably all of the above is true. Um, but I do think that people try uh, for the most part. I think that people try. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to think everyone is doing the best they can um, at their, you know, with the tools that they have in their toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, we probably all could do better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's very motivating, Alicia. <laughs> Listen, I was literally thinking today, like, you could probably get up at six o'clock in the morning and go for a run. And you went, mm, nah. <laughs> I could do better. <laughs> what time do you go to bed? Oh, that depends. Between 10.30 and 12. 
I know, me too. My, no, mine's close to 11, 15 to 12 lately. And I get up at 7, and I still don't think that's enough. It, 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 oh, I really, girl. You what? know both of us like to get some, like, nine hours of sleep. Dude, nine hours is beautiful. You have it's no idea. It's so people, beautiful. Yeah, people I agree. No, it's just the... The why do we settle for eight? Nine should kind of be the target, and then we kind of wiggle around nine. I think that's the best thing you my, can do. My body prefers nine. There are clients of mine who can barely get four, and they feel great. They don't feel like they're lacking sleep. So I just am not wired that way. Well, there is a study, the sleep researcher, um, I forgot what his name, but he says, uh, while we sleep. I think that's his book. And he he has so hundreds of thousands of test studies. And um, oh, so good. But he basically is saying, no, we need more sleep, period. Oh. Yeah. He's like, eight hours? More. He's like, eight hours. Some people could do more. And he's like, but not less than seven, period. He's oh, like, yeah. Very, I've heard that. Yeah. Very, very small people, a percentage of the population could actually do less than seven. That doesn't hinder their response times right mm -hmm. and people that say no uh, five five hours he said most of the time i don't believe it he's like it's very very little and i could prove it clinically prove that those people that think they could do five hours actually cannot wow interesting i have heard that we should not do less than seven and i do pass that along to my clients um but <clears throat> dang it I think we lost our point here. We were we were talking about transitions in life, how they affect our relationships, but how they're not personal. Oh, another example I wanted to give. Um, back in the day, I used to throw parties a lot. We're like gatherings, not, not like not like P Diddy kind of parties. <laughs> all right, all right. How many people? Um, I don't know, twenty maybe, twenty five, something like that. <laughs> party what are you talking yeah. about yeah party um but there was this one kid that i just kept forgetting to invite and yeah. he i heard through the grapevine that he was hurt that i didn't invite him to the party and i was like oh my god this is the truth okay legit i don't know how i missed inviting him so i told him like Please understand that if you ever hear that I'm having a party, you are so welcome to come because I would never purposely not invite you. And today I heard a, a client telling a story that she wasn't invited to a birthday party and she was hurt that she wasn't invited to the birthday party. And I said, do you think it could have been an oversight? And she was like, mm, it could have been. Oh. But, I, but like, we don't even consider that usually. That's like our not even on the radar our first thought is what did i do why didn't i get invited mm, it's true we take it personally how do we remember do we ask us for some uh, for agreements when we're when something doesn't feel right am i doing my best am i assuming something am i being impeccable with my word am i i just looked it up and i now i forgot <laughs> Uh, do your best. Be impeccable. Oh, uh, don't make assumptions. I think you covered them. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't say assumptions. Am I assuming? I say, am I assuming something? Am I doing my best? Am I being impeccable with my word? What's the last one? Fill it in. Oh, take it personally. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> am I? 
Am I taking it personally? I think that would actually really help my my thought process a lot. Um, because I've learned over the years, I don't make decisions or I try not to make decisions when I'm emotional. And that includes happy. Even if I'm really happy about something, I shouldn't make a decision. It's like, all right, like be in a calm decision. You can't be happy, sad, angry. Right. And then go, okay, well, I'm calm right now. I'm in Zen. Now I can make that decision. Um, obviously not like I'm not going to do it for everything. Like, oh, what am I going to eat for breakfast? Wait till I'm not hungry. I want to be in a Zen mode. Not nah, you're going to waste time. <laughs> but you know in general and in big and big life decisions i think those moments of being unemotional um is very very helpful mm. now i have whitney houston in my head <laughs> i get so emotional Ooh, that was not a good whitney houston rendition of but the thing, not a podcast without alicia singing Sorry, I had an ADHD moment. Um, Yeah, I think it's definitely good to check in with ourselves. I mean, assumptions have gotten me in trouble plenty of times. Taking things personally. I don't know that that's gotten me in trouble, but it's definitely hurt me. It's hurt my way of thinking. That's another thing that I've realized getting closer to 40. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that... I feel much better when I assume something positive. So if there's no way for me to know what the truth is, then it's best for me to assume something positive. I like that. Ooh, I like that. And sometimes even when we ask people, we aren't convinced that that's the truth. So you have a choice in that situation. Choose to believe what makes you feel best. I like it. That's so true. Why not choose it? And what if you're wrong? Who cares? At least that day you didn't ruin your entire day. Your day was still great. Yeah. There was a girl that said something to me recently about how she was trying to prepare for the worst. And I was like, you can't prepare for the worst. The only thing you can do is acknowledge the possibility that the worst exists. So that way it doesn't completely smack you in the face and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't even know this was a possibility. (laughs) Um, But once you acknowledge that it's a possibility, it literally does zero good to dwell on it. (laughs) Mm. So why not choose happy? Choose positive. Choose what you want to think. And then if you just decide... I'm going to decide that Julie is not mad at me and that we're good to go. And I'm going to reach out to her. A lot of times people follow suit, even if they were upset with you. <laughs> That's true because it happened so long ago. Maybe if I forget about it, but also when you say choose happiness, we're not trying to say choose oblivious. You know what I mean? Like yeah. don't, don't be unrealistic. You know, and it's like, oh, my God, if I jump off this second story window, I'll grow wings because I've been dreaming about and manifesting. So it's just going to happen. I'll be fine. You know, you can't be unrealistic. So, like, if you're going to be positive, why not just choose a positive tone in it? So let's say you're going back to your example. You haven't talked to a friend in a long time and you go, I don't know if he's going to be mad at me right now. Um, And then your your choices could be. He is mad at me. The relationship's over. Let's. I'm not going to reach out. Or you could choose a positive tone, a, a realistic positive tone, and say, 
I was raising a lot of young kids. I didn't really have time and I kind of isolated myself. He might have been going through something that I didn't know of and been isolating himself. I don't know that. So they were going through things as it turned out. I got the skinny when I went down. He <laughs> and see, so your assumption ended up being right. But what if it was wrong and he didn't like you? Then you you just probably would have been like, He's like, oh, hey, haven't seen you in a while. Hope you're well. Let's see each other. Let's hang out. Uh, like if you're free, sorry, let's hang out. Either you would not get a reply or you'll get a no. What- you know what? <laughs> it's funny that you you say that because um, I I think that even if the worst case scenario happens, and this is something that our culture does not teach us, but even if he doesn't like me anymore and he doesn't want to hang out, um, at least I still was saying something positive to him. And most of the time, people appreciate a positive word, whether they want to be your friend or not. So like in romance, for example, people hesitate to, to tell someone, I really like you. I really think you're cool. Why? Why can't we tell somebody that? That's a nice thing to say. That's true. Or they said, I'm not going to say I love you first. Oh, yeah. That's a stupid game, too. We play all these games like like it puts us in a position of power to care less about people. That is such a crazy, weird, sick mindset. Like, just be nice. And be genuine and authentic to yourself. And if you want to say something nice to someone, say it. And if the worst case scenario happens and they don't want to be your friend, that's on them. You were just being nice. Yeah. Yeah. And also, that going back to if you're vulnerable, then ask, ask yourself those four agreements, right? If you say, I'm going to say I love you first because I remember I was in this relationship and I was like, oh, man, I really like him. I really like him. I don't want to tell him uh, we have I hasn't said it. he hasn't said. It. So it's been like, that. oh, the fighting of, oh, does he, eh, you know, whatever. Right? And um, I remember I it I was a little bit drunk and I go, you know what? I'm just going to say it like I'm just going to say it. And I'm down. Huh? Going for it. Inhibitions yeah. down. Exactly. So I just went, hey, by the way. Uh, so I was on the phone with him because I was out already and I was on the phone with him and I was like, hey, by the way, I'm just going to tell you, I really love you. And it ended up being a very, even though he didn't say it back at that day, he, I felt so happy that I could tell I made him so happy and I was so happy about it. And I said it and I got the weight off my shoulders and what you know what I mean, and we ended up being in a bit, my favorite relationship, you know what I mean? Like it was so sweet and so loving and it started off by me taking the plunge and what if and he didn't even say it back that day you know so who cares yeah i mean really what's wrong with loving someone why is that weird and whatever i don't get it like if you really think about it i mean we all have been conditioned to think that we shouldn't say those things but why i know true is it because we we feel stupid and we don't want to be that whole thing of like being afraid to be vulnerable? Oh, I can't tell this person that I haven't talked to in a month that I'm thinking about them. Why? Yes, you can. Yeah. You can. And this is 
yeah, this goes to short, uh, you know, like new and old relationships. Like mm -hmm. I know a relationship that they've been together for 30 years. It's an older person, of course, but 30 years and they never even peed in front of each other. Oh my God, really? You know, and I was like, what do you guys talk about? I don't know. So the vulnerability has has so not been there that the connection has not has not been strong. You know, because oh they're not. My God. <laughs> that just reminded me that T called the other day, okay. and I took the phone into Sebastian, who was sitting on the toilet, and I don't know what he was doing. You never know. He was on his phone in there, so he may or may not have been going to the bathroom. But I brought the phone, in and I was like, "Hey, T's on the phone for you." And Terry was like, oh, my God, I don't even do this with Corinne. What is this? <laughs> yeah. Oops. And of course, Sebastian was obnoxious about it. He was like, what's wrong, T? You feel uncomfortable? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, did you hear anything, T? He's going to be like, oh. <laughs> I haven't them yet. I bet you said that. I bet you see T said, ain't dropping them yet. What do you want? <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, that's that's funny that you say that. Um, I don't know. I mean, some people feel like it damages romance to, to see that. But I don't know. I think it's part of being human. Yeah. We have I a lot, so. we have a hard time. Like I feel like sometimes we just resist our humanity. Sorry, guys, we're humans. We have emotions. We are um, uh, imperfect, and yeah. this is part of the human experience. We just have to embrace and accept these things. It's just been uh It's such life is so funny. Life is so crazy. And then all the all the rules that we thought were rules in life ends up being um, like limiting beliefs or things that actually hindered you from doing better. And right. Like yeah. all the things I was like, oh, I have to be like that. I have to be perfect. I have to do that. I have to show other people how much I'm worth. I need to show how much people I, like like I need to prove to people something and blah, blah, blah. And all those. It ends up just limiting everything and not actually making your life very pretty and colorful and experienced it's Brown, i was talking to a client recently about how Brene brown says that worthiness is our birthright and i was mm. like i want you to think about this because it didn't really hit me until i had kids of like oh yeah i think my kids are worthy but what the fuck have they done to be <laughs> yeah damn nothing i will tell you that um, and in your situation, you don't have kids, but your sister does. So I know you love your um, is it niece, niece. niece. So do you think that your niece is worthy? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great example, by the way, what you're saying. Oh, does she need I... to do anything to prove to you that she is worthy? Yeah, sometimes to really get a point across is when you when you use points like that because sometimes I like for spoiling or for something yeah I, I don't spoil myself as easily as I would spoil someone I love mm. you know someone said um oh my god I love that uh you know Chanel bag and if my mom said that I'd be like oh I'm gonna get her that even though she's like don't get it you know whatever I, I would get it to her but if I wanted it I'm like no way oh my god that's so much mom would never and I wouldn't, right? 
And um, and when you use that example right now, you said, are we worthy? Are you worthy? Live like you're worthy. Worthy is a birthright. You're like, blah, 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 cliche, cliche. But then when you go, my kids are worthy and they didn't do jack squat. And the same thing with my niece. She doesn't do anything to help society at this moment, right? She's the cutest bundle of joy ever, but she's absolutely worthy of every moment I could ever imagine in a person. You know, like, uh, yes, absolutely, 100%. Yes. Yeah, and when I think about what I want for my kids, I literally don't give a shit what my kids do. I just want them to be stable and, like, healthy and happy. So yeah. however they can make that happen in their life, that's all I want for them. So do they need to earn my affection? Do they need to earn their place in this world? I mean, to a degree, you have to earn so you can support yourself. But other than that, no. There's nothing I'm looking for. <laughs> it's so different for so many cultures out there and so many just beliefs, like not just cultures, but like beliefs in general, you know, mm -hmm. like the the thought of, you know, this rat race, right? It happens so much around us, too. It's crazy. Generationally, I mean, what I just said about what I want for my kids, that's definitely not the way that everybody was raised. Uh, mm -hmm. And I do recognize that I have a different perspective, you know, based on my trainings and things like that. But one of the things that I heard a long time ago from a psychologist that I've never forgotten um, is that if your parents are highly driven, that usually comes from a place of insecurity. So think about, you know, in, in, in a cultural sense, if your parents are immigrants, they're literally surviving, they're in survival mode. So they have a lot of insecurities. Like, are we going to be able to survive? So for them, Anything that they're pushing their kids to do is born out of that insecurity. Then there's the people like, let's say they were a famous football player and they busted their shoulder and their career was ruined. And so now they push their kid to play football and they're like, come on, you have to like, let me live my dream through you. So there's reasons I think that parents push their kids and have expectations for their kids that probably the parents themselves aren't even aware of. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like I, I when you talked about people having high ambition and they probably have still a little insecurity. I thought about that because I, I'm highly ambitious. So it's like, am I trying to fill an uh, insecurity? And I think the answer is, yeah, probably some of it is. I'm, I'm not just, I, you know, like, yes, I love to build something and a self-accomplishment and blah, blah. But you know, I like the accolades too. So I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I'm going to be like, it's, it's a little bit of both. I want to be a badass to me, but I want you to know I'm a badass too, you know? So, so yeah, that comes from insecurity. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, I've always been highly driven at work as well. And I think that I definitely get a lot of validation from my work. Like, you know, I try not to be too ego driven, but of course it feels good when people tell me that, you know, I helped them feel better or I helped them do something or whatever. I'm like, yes, <laughs> it's so good. And so that encourages me to do more and more. And I want to do more. You know, that's how humans are 
wired that if something makes us feel good, we're going to want to do more of it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing to, to take a look in the mirror and ask yourself where things come from. Yeah. It's, it's because I don't think it comes from one place. No. I really think it comes from a lot of different places and we just don't know, or not that we just don't know, we can't control that. It comes, it comes from a lot of different places. Yeah. Yeah. Even who we turn out to be uh, as humans, like there was a period of time in the field where we focused highly on genetics. And then we kind of learned that you may carry the gene for X, Y, or Z but depending on your environment, it may or may not express. And most genes have like a 50% chance of expressing or not expressing. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So you can carry the gene, but it doesn't mean it's going to express itself. And that includes breast cancer. You know, people were getting the genetic tests for breast cancer. And I understand, especially when, you know, everyone in my family has died of breast cancer. Wow. Okay, I get it. Um, but just because you carry the gene doesn't mean it's going to express itself. Mm. Mm. Ooh, I like it. Yesterday, I was reading about this um, culture. I forget what they were called. I'll find out, though. And apparently, they have zero cases of cancer. What? Zero. So they just were talking like about how these people live and what contributes to the fact that they have zero cancer. How big is the population? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it was super big. It sounded like a tiny village. Just like um, you know, there's a Jap there's a city in Japan that lived forever. Like that li literally like 120 is a medium age or something. Some crazy, right? I wonder there if that is it the Hoon Hoonka or Okay. Even if you said it, I'd be like, mm, ah. I don't know. I'm really live really long lives because they were they were living to 122. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's it. It was. It's. Well, I'll send it to you. We'll okay. we'll get down to the bottom of this, but uh, yeah, I don't know interesting stuff if, if we were prone to cancer but we lived in that environment wonder if we'd get it know what i'm saying environment mm. Mm. nature versus nurture who's gonna win uh, i don't know everybody because <laughs> like you said it's a variety of factors in any given situation it's never one reason why something happens there's always underlying stuff yeah that's another True. thing that can help us not take things personally is understanding that. That's not just one thing. And it's not just, and also the thing, let's say that other person took something uh, personally and you don't relate to it because you never had that trauma and whatnot. Um, you know, honestly, you just never know. Like there's so many underlying facts, every single thing. Uh, there's no guarantees in life. Like going way back, <gasps> loop all the way closing the loop oh, you know shit. um the only constant in life is change it's fucking correct I this is a 
great podcast. <laughs> Nailed it, Julie. Nailed it. <laughs> we had we had Alicia singing. We yep. uh, we closed the loop on that. It was so amazing, and we talked about a lot of different things. We kind of went hot track, but you know that's okay. I love it when we do that. We're we did the best we could. We we always loop it back <laughs> in, baby. That's what's up. <laughs> But thanks for joining us this week, guys. Love ya. Love ya.